This is Story Quest. Brand new stories you'll want to hear again and again. The Underground Mice. This is a story about some mice. It's also about losing things. It's horrible to lose something, isn't it? Especially if it's useful or something you're particularly fond of. It's almost part of life, though. I don't know anyone who's never lost a thing. A place where things can easily be left behind is on trains and buses, often because we have to get off in a hurry or because it's a busy, bustling sort of place with people and luggage and noise. The London Underground is a place like this. Have you ever been on an underground train? Usually you have to go up and down escalators and through a maze of tunnels and wait on the bright platforms. And then there's the roar and the blast of heat as the train approaches. I wonder if you've ever looked at the tracks before the trains come in. If you're lucky, you might see something that's incredibly important to the smooth running of the underground. Something I mentioned right at the start of this story. Mice. Tiny black mice who scamper for snacks and then scurry into crevices when the trains arrive. It might sound a bit odd to say that they're important. Maybe you don't believe me, but that's probably because I know something you don't know about the underground mice. And it's all to do with the things being lost. So here's the deal. When people leave things by accident on a train, some of them are taken to a special place called the Lost Property Office. Now, not everything will be taken there. If you left a lunchbox full of crumbs and banana peel or a pair of stinky socks, they might decide that those things are better off in a bin. But if it's something that might be valuable, like bags and hats and teddies and raincoats, well, they'll be safely kept at the office until someone comes to get them. And whilst it was often the train drivers and stewards and cleaners who would find things, a great many forgotten items were found by the underground mice. For many years, they'd carried the lost items they found to the office and left things on the counter, unseen by the staff. They were very careful not to be seen because people usually took a dim view of mice in offices. Now, a mouse is very small and something like a suitcase is rather big, comparatively speaking. Sometimes a dozen or more mice would have to work together to carry things to the office. In fact, one of the mice in charge, who was called Dave, thought that they should be spending all their time on big, bulky things. Never mind the small stuff, he scoffed as small mouse Anthony returned one day with a small plastic toy whistle, which he'd found under the seat of the Northern Line train to Morton. We might as well waste our time on bottle caps. But good things come in small packages, observed Katie Mouse, who just found a rather nice wallet full of money and cards. They've thought about it. Well, from now on, nothing smaller than a wallet. Gosh, someone's going to be worried about all that money. Good job we are honest, isn't it? And it helps that we couldn't exactly spend it anyway, could we? What, with we being mice? Said Katie. Dave really did seem to think he was very important, and it got on her nerves quite a lot of the time. But Dave's word was final, and the mice set about collecting the large items. This meant they all had to do drills and exercises to get fit and to march together like an army, which Katie secretly thought wasn't exactly in the spirit of being a mouse. Mouse work was more about scampering in her view. Dave took great pleasure in ringing a bell at the news of an abandoned briefcase or a bag of shopping and the mice would march to the location, quick step and heave it onto their backs with Dave barking orders and noticeably not carrying anything on his back. Another fine before they're humans, he would say triumphantly. Katie had to say it was quite satisfying to be the first finder and to leave the item mysteriously in the lost property office without anyone quite knowing how it got there. Well, 
I say no one knew, but there had been rumours for many years about the mice. It was something the train workers whispered about, and was probably the reason they hadn't got a lot of cats to chase the mice away. But even the workers couldn't explain how mice could carry such large items. But if it meant someone got their treasured possessions back, well, that was the main thing. Now it was the Easter holiday and Ben was on his way into London to go to the Science Museum with his uncle. He loved the hands-on stuff and there was even talk of a go-in-the-flight simulators. As he was playing mad, he was very excited. Although something wasn't exciting. It was the thought of the underground. This was because Ben found the loud noise of the trains and the crowd to be scary, even though he was 11. It wasn't just trains that bothered Ben. Loud noises and crowds always made him feel jumpy, and so he wore ear protectors sometimes and generally tried to keep away from such things. But London wasn't the sort of place you could easily keep away from crowds and noises, and he was determined to go, armed with his ear protectors and something else that helped him almost every day. It was a key ring with three old keys, which were getting rather rusty. They weren't important keys. An old garden shed key, which didn't work, one for a chest of drawers that had long since gone, and a front door key for a house no one could remember. The story goes that Ben had enjoyed playing with them when he was a baby, and the jingle jangle noise seemed to calm him down when he was upset and so his parents decided he might as well have them. The metal keyring was in the shape of a panda and it said Edinburgh Zoo and no one in the family really knew where it came from. They lived a very long way from Edinburgh. He had the keys for 11 years now and feeling them clinking together and listening to the quiet jingle still helped him to be calm when the world was crazy. It might sound a bit strange, but human beings are complicated things. Even you. The keys were always safely zipped in his coat pocket or they usually were. Given we have been talking about these things getting lost, you could probably see where this story is going. Yeah, you guessed it. As they got off the underground train at Gloucester Road to walk to the museum, Ben realised the worst thing of all had happened. His hand reached into his pocket and the keys had gone. Ben felt a rising panic and all of a sudden the noises around him seemed louder and everything was more confusing. I've lost my keys! They must have been left on the platform at King's Cross! Remember, you were looking in your pocket for a tissue, said his uncle, hugging Ben, who felt like he was going to burst with sadness. We have to go back, urged Ben. We can't now, and they were very old keys after all, said his uncle. I should say that they probably could have gone back, but Ben's uncle, whilst being very nice, didn't always realise how important some things could be for other people. Also, Ben's uncle really wanted to go on the flight simulator and wanted to join the queue before it got too long. Let's just get to the science museum and enjoy our day. Ben tried his best to be brave, but he felt so upset. The three keys with the panda keyring had been in his pocket forever, always there to rub together to make that satisfying scratchy sound. His hand felt too empty. Tears were pricking his eyes, but he wiped them and tried to be brave about it all. But it has to be said, he really didn't feel in the mood to enjoy anything. Katie was watching all of this with interest from the side of the track. She was sad to see a kid so upset and had heard everything. Who says little things aren't important? See how devastated someone can be about something small. I bet the people who leave briefcases full of boring old papers could be that disappointed. I'm going to do something about this. Dave, however, was furious. You're proposing to go all the way to the blooming King's Cross just to find three rusty old keys for doors that don't even need opening anymore. That's preposterous. Don't care, sniffed Katie. I'm doing it anyway. And that's what she did. She scampered through the tunnels of the Piccadilly line back to King's Cross. And this was quite the journey for a mouse, I should say. She was exhausted by the time she arrived. But there, glinting under a bin, were the keys. And she was just about as strong enough to carry them on her own. 
The thought of having to take them all the way to the lost property office was daunting until she realised that there were a quicker way to return the keys to Ben. The office just happened to be near a very famous place, a very famous place that Ben was visiting, the Science Museum. She hadn't a moment to lose. Ben and his uncle were in the queue for the flight simulator and when he felt a nip on his ankle, he said, ow, very loudly. So loudly, in fact, that people in the queue turned around and stared at him. He glanced down and, and saw, was it really them? Yeah. It was, it, was, it was his precious keys. They'd appeared by his shoe as if by magic. And was that a mouse running away? He or she was too fast, but there was no mistaking the keys. My keys, he said delightedly, grabbing them and gripping them in his fist. And he beamed broadly and felt as if the clouds had drifted away and the sun had come out. What? Oh, well, that's handy, said his uncle, who wasn't really paying attention. After all, they were nearly at the front of the queue for the flight simulator. And that was more interesting to him, truth be told. After that, as you can imagine, Ben had a brilliant day with the keys safely zipped in his coat pocket. There, as his lucky charm for when things got too loud and crowded. On the way back on the tube, he gripped them even more tightly and didn't let them go until they'd come up the escalator and back into the mainline station. He thought something magic must have happened. After all, there wasn't any other explanation for it, was there? Dave had to admit that Katie had done a good thing, although he pointed out that they couldn't be doing personalised deliveries all the time, not when there was a perfectly good lost property office. Katie was just happy to put things right for Dave. Good things really did come in small packages, it seemed, and if Ben had known what she had done, I dare say he would have thought one of those good things was Katie. Thanks for coming on a story quest with us. If you like that story, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode.